architects and AEC professionals, it's time to connect, grow, and redefine your professional journey. Imagine a place where you're part of a vibrant community, accessing resources tailored to your needs, and earning continuing education credits effortlessly. That place is here at Gable Media. Join our legacy membership, your exclusive pass to a world of opportunities. With instant access to all our CE courses and groundbreaking content, you're set to excel. And here's the game changer. Lock in your legacy membership at an unbeatable introductory price of just $29 per year, forever. Plus, enjoy contests, events, and unique freebies. But hurry, I hear this special pricing won't last long. Spots in our legacy membership are limited and filling up fast. Follow the link in the show notes to be part of something groundbreaking with Gable Media. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I'm joined by Patrick McLaney, FAIA, and former CEO of the international architecture firm HOK. This is Build Smart. After his time at HOK, Patrick, as he puts it, has been repurposed. Now, as the chairman of Building Smart International, Patrick will outline a new strategy for the building industry and so much more. You'll find that there's a lesson in every episode. Okay, Patrick, this episode is titled My Contractor Friend. I've been thinking about this, Mark. Kojima was actually one of the first chapters to join Building Smart. They were present when um, the founding chapters gathered in London at this old hotel called, ironically, the White House. At the time, HOK and Kojima were, were connected. I was going back and forth to Japan, so naturally I brought it up. There was one man on the Kojima, it wasn't necessarily board of directors, but executive group, Dr. Mikio Shoji, a really nice man, spoke perfectly good English, very highly educated. And he was immediately interested in this idea of using the computer to help improve design and construction. And Kojima is a big construction company, but as is the tradition in Japan, they also have a giant design department, architects and engineers that work for them. So he was quite interested in it. And he and his colleagues attended that first meeting. And I can still remember that he hosted, uh, the Kojima hosted a Building Smart Summit in the early days in Tokyo. But then, then HOK and Kojima parted ways. We bought their shares out, as you remember from the HOK story. And he went on to do some other things. And so we kind of got separated. And even though there was a Japan chapter, I didn't have any real connections or any buddies in the chapter. I knew the, I knew the people, still know them, but I was missing a buddy. And, and the Kojima people had gotten distracted after he left to do some other things. They'd gotten distracted and, and weren't really, they were members of the Japan chapter, but they weren't visible to the overall Building Smart community. So I had an opportunity to reconnect with Kojima. Uh, I was actually invited by uh, Victor Volconi. And you'll remember that we interviewed Victor. He was the head of Graphisoft at that time. He's now been uh, pushed upstairs to, a, to a, one of the leaders of Nemechek Group. And he invited me to speak 
at a Graphisoft conference in Tokyo. And I said, well, gee, Victor, you know, it's a sponsored by, by your company. It's a software house. I can't do that because I'm a member of Building Smart and it's, we're neutral. He said, I guarantee you, there won't be anything that you can't say or do on that stage. I just want you to tell your story about why it's important for architects and engineers to go digital and to develop interoperable tools. And I said, well, Jesus, it's still a long way and I travel a lot. And he said, and all the big Japanese contractors are going to have senior representatives there. I said, would that include Kojima? Yes, they'll be there. Okay, that was good enough for me. So I went to Japan to this conference. Victor greeted me warmly. I gave up one of the keynotes that was well-received. And the keynote right after mine was from the senior representative from Kojima. And I didn't know him before then. And that was uh, Mr. Yajima, or as I now call him with fondness, Yajima-san. And he and I have become best buddies. We are developing a new production system that can stimulate not only design, but also all construction management in advance using BIM and manage all construction sites in real time. Uh, virtual construction, IoT, and robotics technology will enable semi automation of the site. He talked about automating the construction process with digitization. He had a very cool system for automatically calculating the amount of sheet pile necessary to do an excavation for a big building. And another program that automatically could calculate the scaffolding necessary to completely scaffold a building if you're going to do something on the skin. And I thought, this is this guy is really with it. Well, it turns out he was the, in the head of digital construction for Kojima. You talk about the use of robots in construction, what your thinking is? Mm, we make some robots uh, suitable to construction site. For example, one is uh, self-finishing floor level robot, self-painter robot, and self-fire extinguishing system robot. And uh, yeah, a welding robot. Welding. Welding. Mm. welding. Yeah. Mm. Uh, concrete flattening robot. Concrete the, flattening. The, furring, the concrete. And, and uh, is, is the robot using BIM to find its way around? Uh, no, the, they are the getting using BIM also to the recognize the place by themselves. It's the combination of the IoT visually recognizing the, by camera and recognize the position of the robot by beam is the perfect combination to the control the robot at the site. The other one is the uh, logistic in site. The truck will uh, bring the many materials and unload someplace in the site, but we should assign all those to the place uh, where uh, we will uh, adjust or the work for. So that's the internal logistics robot's role. And then the, uh, the deliver uh, all the materials to the place. Some drone, the internal drone also, we uh, start to use. And, and what are you using the drones for? 
site management. So some safety check or quality check. We also have the a cleaning robot. So automatically they run uh, after the working time and then clean uh, all the floor uh, by themselves. Well, that's nice. I'd like、mm-hmm. to get one of those. <laughs> and they had their own system using different softwares, and they had to find interoperable connections between the softwares, which big companies could do at great difficulty. But he and I just hit it off. And I remember the last night, the Graphisoft people took us on a boat tour of Tokyo Bay. And he and I and some of the other Japanese were shared a table. And he brought out a nice bottle of Japanese whiskey. Yeah, I remember. Maybe the Yamazaki. And he knew that I like whiskey. He does too. And we sipped that whiskey. I don't think I looked outside the, the window at the view more than once or twice because we were in, intensely in conversation. By the end of that cruise, the bottle of whiskey was gone. I know it wasn't just he and I, there were a bunch of us. But he and I had become best buddies. I said, You know, you're members of the Japan chapter, but you've got a big story to tell. You should become an international member, maybe even a strategic member of Building Smart International. And he said, Yes, I think you're right. So he went and asked his boss, who was one of the directors of the company. And Kojima came up with the money and joined Building Smart as a strategic member. So Kojima was. Basically, a real force within international. They're the ones that founded the construction room, which was how do you apply、uh, digital tools to the construction process?、Uh, how do you make construction easier, better, faster, more sure, and et cetera? He's now got a bunch of Kojima people involved in it. I honestly, I felt BSI, especially the focused on the design. So, I think that we must build organized to, to construction. Yes, yes. Okay, so basically, you said, okay, these, these people are all talking about exchanging information in design phase, but you're a builder, you want to exchange information in construction. So, you took the initiative and began the construction room, which has now grown quite large. Doing some very interesting things. Maybe can you please, or, or Endosan, tell us、yes. what, the constru- what is the construction room doing to advance the use of BIM in construction? Mr. Endo, chairman of construction rooms. Yeah,、uh, now we are forming a steering committee meeting. And so we have the members in the European countries,、uh, Germany, the Italy. And the UK also. So, the,、uh, our activity is spreading to the world. And now the, we want to、uh, recruit much more members、uh, from the Czech Republic or some the,、uh, Asian countries. And、uh, our activities are based on the use case, gathering and accumulating the use cases of the BIM on the site field. Yes. So the、uh, design beam and then the field beam are the quite different. So the show the use cases to the world、mm. is quite valuable and informative, I believe. So spreading 
out uh, our activities to the world is my mission. So they're they're firmly engaged in building smart at a very high level. He's now served on our board of directors for a number of years and remains, I think, without question, my best friend in Japan. The last time we had a summit there, he and his wife invited my wife and me to a small town called Hakone, which is near Mount Fuji. And Hakone, H-A-K-O-N-E, I didn't know about before, but Hakone is famous for its hot springs. After the summit meeting, we had a two-day excursion with Mr. Patrick and his wife, Jin-san. We toured around Mount Fuji on Lake Yamanaka, ate delicious Japanese hot pot noodle, and stayed one night at the Japanese most famous Hakone hot spring at the foot of Mount, Mount Fuji. And so we went to a very fancy, very nice, elegant uh, hotel built by Kojima that had private hot water coming from the spring with little private pools of water in each of the suites. Wow. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> it was so nice. <laughs> but we, we just, again, we've become best friends. He is really, he exemplifies the International Friendship Club in Building Smart. So even though Kojima started with us in uh, the earliest days, it was only after I reached out personally to Yajima that Kojima really engaged with Building Smart at the high level of as a strategic partner and then a board member and a room leader and basically a personal friendship. Yeah. Did the relationship with Kojima bring in other contractors to the organization? Was Kojima the first? And if so, were they sort of the, you said that they, they started the construction room. Were they, were they the inspiration for other contractors to join Building Smart International? Yes. And in fact, I just returned, as you know, from Montreal, where we had a summit. And there I met uh, at least one other big Japanese contractor, Shimizu. There are five big Japanese contractors that have dominated that marketplace, Kojima and Shimizu and Takanaka and two others. And uh, I think they're basically all finally joining because it's the momentum is just too strong now. So they're all active at the local level. But now I'm seeing Shimizu They've joined the construction room. So we're starting to see them at summits instead of them just going to meetings in Japan. That's the big difference. They're, they're reaching out and connecting internationally and working with others around the globe to, to create digital standards for, in their case, construction, which is fantastic. In order to build smart, you need to operate intelligently. If you feel frustrated wrangling all your spreadsheets to get a clear view of where your projects stand today, or you're tired of staring at poorly designed software that's just slowing you down, Monograph is here to help. Designed by architects for architects, the Monograph platform allows you to track your firm's time, projects, budgets, invoices, and payments all in real time. With their innovative visualization tool, MoneyGant, you can immediately see whether you're under or over budget. Need to easily adjust your team's time week to week? Their tool resource allows you to reallocate your team's time and track its impact on your remaining budget. 
Visit monograph.com today to see why hundreds of architecture firms call Monograph a game changer. Architects and AEC professionals, it's time to connect, grow, and redefine your professional journey. Imagine a place where you're part of a vibrant community, accessing resources tailored to your needs, and earning continuing education credits effortlessly. That place is here at Gable Media. Join our legacy membership, your exclusive pass to a world of opportunities. With instant access to all our CE courses and groundbreaking content, you're set to excel. And here's the game changer. Lock in your legacy membership at an unbeatable introductory price of just $29 per year, forever. Plus, enjoy contests, events, and unique freebies. But hurry, I hear this special pricing won't last long. Spots in our legacy membership are limited and filling up fast. Follow the link in the show notes to be part of something groundbreaking with Gable Media. That story highlights the importance of friendship. That's been a theme throughout your story of building Smart International. How are architects and contractors going to become friends? Well, I think we're being driven together. Mark, by uh, the evolution, not only of the IFC standard, which think about it, the IFC standard is all about collaboration. It's all about sharing information and coordinating. And um, the world is more specialized than ever these days. Not only do we have architects, but we have all kinds of specialty engineers and we have specialty consultants. You have a special consultant for your, the glass that you use in your windows. Uh, you have consultants for insulation and for energy consumption and all on and on. It's a world of specialized knowledge, meaning that buildings are more complex. The separation, though, over those years, Mark, since, since the AIA was founded, once we became separate, gradually, through lobbying efforts and so on, the laws of the different states began to reflect that. So we have, by the time I was trained as an architect, it was pretty clearly understood that the architect would, would contract separately with, if a, someone wants a building designed, you hire an architect first, you sign a contract with the architect who typically then has subcontracts with a design team, engineers and so on. And then when the design is finished, the owner would go out to put it out to bid and select a contractor and have a separate contract with the contractor. So what's wrong with it is you're taking design and build and you're formalizing their separation. And when I was trained as an architect, I was trained that the architect should be wary of the contractor because the contractor is not interested in design. They're only interested in the price that they can finish the project so they can make a profit. And that it was up to the designer to take care and guard against the building being uh, not built properly. So my relationship with the contractor was a stressful one. So that began to really eat at me, but I had a really interesting experience along the way, early days of HOK, when we were selected to design the Moscone Convention Center, which I talked about last season, I was put into a partnership with a contractor by an enlightened owner. The owner said, this is nuts. I want you two to work together. I want you to, I want you to collaborate fully. 
during design, the architect will design, but I want the contractor to have a seat at your table. And as you're designing, they're doing cost estimates, they're advising you on constructability analysis and so on. And during construction, I want the architect to have a seat at the contractor's table. And I want you to be partners throughout. We didn't know how it would work out, but at, at, we became fast friends and realized, oh, I have a lot to learn from my, my friend, this contractor. That led me to believe that we made a basic error in not so much separating out the tasks of design and build, but separating ourselves legally and pitting ourselves against one another. Yeah, you think about the building industry, even before it was an industry, for thousands of years, buildings were built by guilds, right? When a parish wanted a new cathedral, they would go out to the guild and say, hey, we want a new cathedral. And, and they would hire the guild. The guild would go out there, they would design it, they'd get it approved, they'd go out and build it. All The whole thing was done by one organization. And then just recently, right? Just recently, since our capital was built in the United States and the dome was built, uh, right around that, that moment in time, something shifted and we separated into these two factions, right? An architecture design side and a general contractor construction side. And then that's how it's been since then. And and you think, you know, in, in our careers, that's how it's always been. So you have this mentality that that's just the way it's always been. But there were great benefits to the way it was before we were separated. And obviously there's been lots of benefits of us being separated, right? There's lots of legal issues that can be separated. And you talked about the complexity of putting buildings together that makes it a good thing to have these two separate pieces, but there's definitely benefits to us coming back and you've experienced those things. What would you say that would be the one thing that uh, would cause this to shift again, right? You were talking about this collaboration with Building Smart. Um, there's benefits to us working together, maybe not like the guilds, but in a new way. How do you think, or what would cause architects and contractors to work together like they did in the past? Okay, well, that's, that's, of course, the key question. And I do think that the IFC standard is helping with this because the IFC standard is all about sharing information, computer to computer or program to program. And why, not, why stop at sharing within the design team and let the contractor start all over again? We do some really goofy things to satisfy the, the requirements of the law, but the mark the law is the law needs to change and it is changing in many states now or in certain localities uh, design bid build which is the process that's baked into the law in many places is now changing it's more flexible as owners are beginning to understand that it's not as workable uh, in today's especially litigious environment the worst service we can give a building owner is to have lack of collaboration between design and build. So why not put us together? In fact, enlightened owners are already doing this. There's a well-known process called design build, where the owner hires a design build team, the contractor and the architect at the same time, and tells them both to collaborate, much like I was told for the Moscone Center. You collaborate, do the work together. And often these design build projects have a positive incentive to encourage collaboration, which is if you build the project within the original budget and within the original schedule, there will be a bonus for the design and the build team that they will share. 
so that there's a financial incentive. But I will say, having worked both ways, I don't really think that there's any real future to design, bid, build. Uh, it pits the two people who should be partners against one another. It's, it's, a, it's unhealthy and unnatural and much better to use either design, build, or there are other forms where the, the owner actually becomes a partner in the process. That's uh, integrated project delivery where the owner, the design team and the build team all agree at the beginning they're in one bounded by one contract with a set of standards and to collaborate fully. And if there is an issue, a problem, and I'm a firm believer in this, Mark, if there is a, a flaw, a problem that we discover, it's far better and far less expensive to share that together and to figure out the solution together than in our own separate corners. The worst thing that we can do is call in the lawyers and have the lawyers decide how we're gonna solve our differences. All the lawyers do is cost money. They don't, they're not architects, they're not builders. They just take money and, already, and finally, maybe with a judge, help to forge a, a financial solution. They don't make better buildings. Better buildings are up to us, but it's up to us as designers and builders. And we're, we should be natural partners. So the IFC standard is now encouraging that, that we're, we're all using BIM models, Mark. The contractor uses BIM models just like, just like we do BIM software. And why shouldn't we fully share that information in order to help each other be successful? And that's the essence of it. And I have found that contractors, in fact, do care about design. They are interested in how building performs. They don't just want to save money. They want to do a good job so they can build a good reputation and get that next job. So they're human beings, and many contractors now become my absolute best friends uh, because we've, we've, we've been through the battle of getting a good building designed and built together. So it, it makes sense, right, that the model works better. And you talked about um, an example. Are there other examples of design and build collaborations today? And how, how prevalent is it? It's, it's happening all over, Mark. In the United States, it's happening. It's popping up everywhere. I thought actually that the private sector would be the first to adopt it, but actually there are very enlightened public sector cities and counties and states that have adopted this. They're just running with it. They're saying this costs us too much money. It's a bad way for us to procure new buildings. So let's change the way we work. And uh, they're having to change the law, but people are getting at that. We actually have a small study group in Building Smart that's studying law it's a very complex subject because each country is different. But this is not just happening here. It's happening in Europe, uh, again, in spades, all over the place. And in many countries now, there are, there's a preponderance of design-build uh, arrangements. Architects and contractors find they work together in a project. They find they like each other. They trust each other. And they say, well, why don't we go after the next project together as a team? and present ourselves as a team that knows how to work together. Makes perfect sense. And if, if you're an, an owner, you're looking for a smooth process, that's the team to pick, the one that works well together, that's been through the challenges of putting together a complex building and come out sunny side up. So what are the benefits of, of this collaboration? If architects and, and contractors are going to work together to design buildings, design and build buildings as a, as a team, 
What are the benefits of that for the rest of the industry and for society at large? First is that the designer and the builder each contribute to a better building. Each entity has something to contribute. It's a collaboration, putting people with different abilities, different knowledge together can result in a better building. That's the first one. The second one is huge. If you share the risk, mark, mark, designing and building a building is a risky proposition, period. Yes, sir. Everybody, everybody that's been through that knows it. If you share that risk between the design and the build team, you have a much better opportunity to share a reward at the end of making the problems that do come up, the things that you missed, the things that don't quite fit, of solving those in some expeditious way instead of fighting about it. So shared risk is the best way to manage the risk. I believe that right down to my toes. And finally, smart owners are quite often now setting bonus provisions in the contract for a design build or IPD, which bonuses the design and build team for meeting certain criteria, working within the budget, fewer change orders, working within the original project schedule. So if there's an incentive and you can be part of a bonus at the end, why in the heck wouldn't you collaborate? So Patrick, this makes a lot of sense. And this model makes a lot of sense. Uh, next week, we're going to go back to BIM and back to IFCs and talk about how this shared BIM future works, right? How this collaboration model uh, can benefit from the work that Building Smart is doing with IFCs and Open BIM. We're going to talk about that next week. Before we wrap up here, what are the lessons that we should take away from this episode? Okay, well, Mark, the first one is that design and build were together for most of history. It's only with the um, Industrial Revolution and uh, about the time of the U.S. Civil War that design and build began to be completely separate. Uh, second is that Architects and contractors each bring unique knowledge to the project, and we need both. We need both for the most, the best opportunity to have a successful project. The next one is design build teams are better positioned to share risk together. And a shared risk is the best way to, to manage risk. Legal barriers will still need to be removed. There are still legal barriers in various jurisdictions, but this will happen. There, there will be a demand for it. It will, it will continue to grow. So those will come down. The legal barriers basically reflect past practice. And as practice evolves, eventually the, the, the legal system will evolve to match. And then finally, the big one for me as an architect, architects can focus on design again, not practicing defensive architecture to protect myself from that bad contractor, but instead, I can be a good designer with a contractor friend advising me along the way, helping my design to be better. That's a very big thing, Mark, for us architects. To continue the story, come back next week for the next episode of Build Smart. We're going to talk about shared BIM future and how this collaboration that we're talking about can benefit from uh, Building Smart's work with BIM and IFC. We really are describing, it's a combination of drawings and specs on steroids. So we do, we developed these very elaborate BIM models. And then, well, because we're in a, an environment 
where the law is uh, mostly design, bid, build. When we have a design, bid, build project, we do a really bad thing, Mark. We actually take the BIM model and cut sections through it, basically print out 2D drawings and specs so that the contractor gets old fashioned drawings and specs to bid the job. Why? Thank you for listening. Season two of Build Smart Podcast has been made possible in part by Building Smart International, the worldwide industry body driving the digital transformation of the world's built assets. Learn how Building Smart International is impacting our world and how you might get involved at buildingsmart.org. This podcast is a Gable Media production and is produced by Demetrius Lynch Jr. Gable Media is the home of curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. You can listen in, subscribe, and find more content like this from our network partners at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.